Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. I would have colleagues that say would get licensed. They'd say they'd worked at an agency all through their associateship, and then they got licensed, and then they were like, "Ugh, now what?" You know, they didn't they didn't have any sense of like they wanted to build a private practice, but they had no idea how to do it, what it would look like, starting you know with one client, two clients, that kind of thing, which is not sustainable for you generally to live, and it means you have to do other work and all of that. So I really wanted to give people a model of like what it starts to feel like to be in private practice so that when you get licensed, it's really not a big change. I mean, it, it does give you that extra sense of you know credibility and freedom and, and all of that, but it doesn't really look and feel that different in terms of what you've already established at a place like CMPs. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, and today I'm joined by Scott Balderson, director and founder of Center for Mindful Psychotherapy, a nonprofit counseling center for associate clinicians based in San Francisco. You've heard me talk a lot about Center for Mindful Psychotherapy in past episodes, and I'm really excited to have Scott on the show. Scott, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to introduce yourself to listeners. Well, thanks, Felicia. Thanks so much for having me. It's really a great honor to be here. So I really appreciate uh, the invitation, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, so I'm uh, a licensed marriage family therapist. I've been in practice over 30 years now, which um, I find hard to believe sometimes. But uh, when I look at the calendar, that's that's actually the case. And uh, yeah, I started at uh, went to the center uh, to. Um, California Institute of Integral Studies in the uh, early 90s and graduated in uh, 94 and then started a private practice once I got licensed in about 1997 and uh, had just a private practice for about 15 
years or so. And then I uh, really felt called to do do more within the community and the profession. And, and that's how I decided that I wanted to uh, start a nonprofit center. And uh, that was just kind of the initial creation of the Center for Mindful Psychotherapy is just a desire to really give back to the community. Yeah. And what year was that that CMP started? I know we're coming up on an anniversary. That's right. Yes, actually, we're just going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary in August. So yeah, we started it in 2013. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I joined CMP in the spring of 2016. So it was still quite young. I think at the time that I joined, there were maybe like a dozen, maybe 15 clinicians. And I came there because my sort of big brother uh, in the somatics program was Roger Kuhn, and he was working at Center for Mindful Psychotherapy. I was thinking about where to go next. And he was like, you should really consider coming here. And he walked me through everything, gave me like an overview of it. And once I learned what it was like, I was like, this is clearly the best option. And then a bunch of people from my cohort joined. So I think there were maybe six people just from the graduating somatics program that year that joined CMP. And it seems like ever since then, it's just grown significantly. And right before we started recording, you said right now you have about 80 clinicians working at Center. That's right. And I love your story because what's been really wonderful for me with a CMP is that you know we basically started with two uh, at the time they were called interns um, now associates uh, but we started with two interns and we have grown just pretty much exclusively by word of mouth um, all of these years uh, and it's just really been wonderful that the way people have thought of us and seen us and thought they'd like to join us and so I love your story about how that came to be. And, uh, and it's, it's really um, been such a wonderful part of the organization just in terms of running it is that, is that it's just been really effortless the way I often describe it. It's, a, it's, it's been a lot of work, but it hasn't been a lot of effort because there's just been this sort of way that um, people have just naturally been drawn to our model, um, which I'm just super grateful for and, and happy that we're providing something that seems like it's a value to people. So, yeah, I think what CMP has done is quite unique amongst the various options that associate therapists have post-graduation. One of the things that makes it so special is that clinicians have a lot of control over many of the decisions that they don't get to make. Many clinicians don't get to make until after they're licensed. I remember going to you when I first joined, seeing the cancellation policy that was in our kind of default informed consent and said, you know, hey, can I change this? Can I update it? And you said, yes, yes, you can. Of course, you know, within ethical, legal bounds. But yeah, I could make a decision that felt right for me and my practice. And that is something that so many clinicians uh, don't get to experience in a lot of other settings as an associate. And so- I'm curious, like, how did you decide to give all of these clinicians so much freedom over things like that? I mean, I I think that's probably pretty unusual. I wonder if you've gotten any pushback from some of your colleagues uh, around, like, giving us this level of freedom and why you ultimately decided to do that. You know, that's a great question. I mean, on some really basic level, I could just say, 
you know, I think it's probably something I would have wanted when I was an intern. And so I wanted to provide a model for people that was something that would have been helpful to me and something that I would have really um, benefited from. And my philosophy around a lot of that kind of freedom is that those are decisions that you really have to make as a clinician and, and learn how to be comfortable with them. And so I want people to start to get a sense to feel into what that comfort is for them. You know, a cancellation policy, there's, there's just such a wide, as an example, there's such a wide um, possibility for what cancellation policies can be. But I think it's really important that it fit who you are as a therapist in a way that you can enforce it with integrity and authenticity. And so if we as an agency were to say, well, your cancellation policy has to be this, but that doesn't fit who you are and who you're able to present to your clients and, and do it in a way that feels genuine to you, then I don't think that's of service to you or to your clients. And so I really want people to feel into the cancellation policy, just again, as an example of one facet of private practice or of, of having a clinical practice that they can really feel good about and, and really to also understand that it may not be what you feel like you may want as a cancellation policy may have to evolve over time, right? That it's not something you just immediately know it's going to be this. But that's also what I view as part of what it is to be at CMP is to be able to explore that, feel into that, understand that in while you're being supervised so that you can really benefit from supervisors that you're working with that, that may have more experience in that area and that can give you feedback and, and so that you can really hone it into something that fits for you. So that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm hearing you talk about that, I'm just getting like such warm feelings because I'm just hearing like, I'm remembering how I felt when that was your response is I felt like you trusted me. Mm. And I think as um, a lot of early clinicians are, are not being given a lot of trust and many, in a lot of cases are giving a lot of responsibility, you know, but we're not being given a lot of trust or control over, over our work. And I really love how you put that, that this is something as a clinician, especially a clinician who's going to move into private practice, which is everyone at CMP is on that track. That is essentially the purpose of CMP. It's it's not a place for therapists who would want to spend the rest of their careers in agency. That wouldn't really make sense. It's a great place for therapists who want to use that as a, a way to be supervised while they're building, while they're getting their private practice sort of up and running. But I love how you said that these are things that you're going to have to grapple with and learn how to uphold and kind of feel into, do they make sense for you? Do they make sense for your practice and the sort of work you want to do? And you will have to do that learning and figuring out eventually. So you're allowing people the ability to start that sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and same thing with uh, things like setting fees. You know, so, so as an agency, we don't prescribe what fees you have to set because I think that's another area where um, often as new clinicians people really have a lot of money issues come up for them and and, and fee setting issues that really um, you know requires a lot of inquiry deep inquiry within yourself often to determine what is the right kind of 
fee structure for you and also what's sustainable for you in terms of building an income and a living. And so I want people to really be able to have that experience as well as to learn how to go through that process and and understand for themselves what works. Absolutely. That's another thing I really appreciated about CMP is the financial model. Um, And I got to be on part of the admin team of CMP. So I got to see like a layer deeper than, than even some of the other folks there and, and be a part of some of the conversations uh, about like how we were making, how money was being handled, what associates were being charged there. And one of the things I really appreciated about that is I guess I really trusted that you were meeting your own needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And because of that, you could be really thoughtful about being in the position of being a director. I think a lot of therapists start group practices from a place of, I need to make more money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting a group practice. And they haven't necessarily done the work ahead of time, their own money work, right? Like they're still kind of caught in a place of scarcity. They haven't done a lot of their own money healing. And then they see starting a group practice as a way that they're going to make more money. And they're kind of, they're going to fix that problem. And though, of course, there's nothing wrong with starting a group practice to make more money. Like there's not a problem with that at all. But when you're coming at it from a place of not having done your own work around that, then that kind of ripples out to anybody you're hiring. And my sense uh, from being a part of CMP was that you were quite settled and therefore you were able to make very grounded, wise decisions about how to set CMP up for success as an entity so it could continue long-term, so it could make it to 10 years and more, but also so it could be a great place for clinicians to work, a place where they could work and earn enough money to actually sustain their lives, which is so often not the case for a lot of clinicians. Many associates are working multiple jobs to try to make ends meet. And the reality is that some clinicians at CMP are able to afford their lives only through their work there. And that's really unusual for therapists at this stage. That's really incredible. Well, it's such a challenge, uh, right? I think as probably most of your listeners know, it's just a huge challenge to be an associate, to be gaining hours for licensure in California um, and making a living. That's just, it's just a really challenging experience the way the system is set up. And so what I hoped with CMP is that we could essentially make it as easy as possible within the regulations as they are to allow people to do as best as they can financially, you know, while they're, while they're working as an associate. And I, um, I felt really strongly about a couple of things when I started CMP. One is that I didn't want to in any way take advantage of associates, like just recognizing that for it to work, it had to really work for the associates. It couldn't be, to my mind, it just couldn't be something where um, I was, to your point, like trying to make money from associates. Like that, that just didn't feel good to me. The other thing was, to your point of like just kind of stability of the organization, it was actually very soon after CMP started a fairly sizable associate program that I was aware of collapsed and um, associates were left, you know, with very few weeks to find a place for their clients. And it was very, very traumatic. And there have been other centers that have not, you know, that have also failed over time. And so it just felt really important to me to create an organization where there was a real sense of stability and a real sense that um, associates were going to feel really held and taken care of 
even though there's still a lot of independence. And so that's that's kind of where I was coming from and trying to trying to set this up. I remember you telling me about that. And one of the things that was like a really interesting part of the financial model of CMP was the reserve. Um, and I remember you telling me, because I was trying to understand why, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more for listeners what the reserve is. Is it still in place, by the way? I'm assuming yes. it is. Okay. So it's so smart. It's just like so smart and so obvious when you think about it. But at the time, you know, I needed to understand a little bit more. And once I understood what it was, I just thought, this is genius. This is so wise. Of course, this is going to help the organization sustain itself. But one of the things that uh, clinicians do when they're when they're seeing clients and they're earning money and that is going into CMP is that they build up a thousand dollar reserve so that if there is a month where they're not earning as much, the organization doesn't just collapse in on itself, which you said, you know, maybe that may have been part of what happened to some of these other organizations because they didn't have essentially like a, a savings <laughs> so that they could float themselves through rougher times. And I can only assume that that has been part of CMP success, just having that reserve there. The other thing that was really cool about that reserve is for me, it was a forced savings account because when I graduated from CMP, I got that $1,000 back and it helped me start my practice. And Lord knows I needed that $1,000 at the beginning of starting my practice with the you know rent I was starting on my new office. And yeah, I just thought, wow, this is so good for the clinician and it's so smart for the organization. It's such a win-win. And I really love that part of it. Well, cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it goes along with what we were saying earlier about giving like the freedom for associates. Because um, the other piece of like the freedom is that we have no restrictions on, uh, say, vacation, amount of vacation that you want to take. And certainly, life events come up where um, you might have you know a family member that's in poor health, and you need to take time off to be with that person, or or whatever it is that life can sometimes throw at us. And so, um, while we both want to be paying out as much money as we can to the associates, like that's energetically what we do at CMP, we also want to be sure with that reserve that we're not overextending how much we're able to pay out. So we're, we're able to use that to ideally just give people more sense of flexibility and freedom. Because, you know, I certainly have had the experience of working at jobs, and I know this has been true in some other associate programs where you come in and they say, well, you can only take two weeks vacation this year. And, you know, and immediately I have this reaction of like, what do you mean I can only take two weeks? <laughs> you know, like I, I had a lot more planned, you know, I have a lot more that I'd like to be doing than that. And so um, I really want, and I just think in this work, just given how challenging it is emotionally, that we want people to be able to have that freedom to take the time that they need for self-care, for whatever it is that, um, you know, really would help them in their work. That seems to be a really central thing of Center for Mindful Psychotherapy, that it's really a place where clinicians can go to learn about who they are as clinicians. What do they need to actually create a sustainable practice? And you don't prescribe certain parameters like many other counseling centers might because you recognize that every clinician is different. Every clinician is going to be able to see and or want to see a different number of clients. They're going to need or want to charge a different fee. They're going to need or want to have a different cancellation policy. And it's not necessary for CMP to be successful and last 10 years and continue to attract new clinicians for it to have that level of control. Like the proof is in the pudding. Apparently that's not necessary. 
In fact, it seems like it's even more successful when giving therapists that kind of freedom. And that is just so cool to see. So we've been talking about CMP a lot, but I'm realizing that like maybe we haven't quite said exactly what it is and maybe who it's for. Mm-hmm. So can you say a little bit more about what it is, you know, when when therapists are graduating from school and they're choosing between different options of which direction to go? Uh, this type of a model is is one of a few different options they have. So can you talk about what it is in the context of like your different options after graduation and then who CMP is for? Sure. Um, you know, I, I guess, uh, and I'm not sure how well I can speak to all the different options exactly, but I definitely can, can speak, you know, specifically to, to CMP. That's perfect. We, we really think of ourselves as kind of a second level is the way I describe it, uh, associateship site. So in other words, um, we're not a traineeship site. So we're not a place where people would actually come as a trainee. Um, that's typically done at, um, well, often in California, at least a, a model like CIS or the California Institute of Integral Studies, there are often people get their traineeship through a center affiliated with their graduate school. And so a lot of our um, associates actually come from some of the CIS Uh, training centers. But just to be clear that we're not a traineeship site, but we're an associate site. So our model looks for clinicians that have already had a traineeship and have already built a client caseload. So we're really looking for people that have clearly shown they have the capacity to, um, to maintain a client caseload. And that they're really on a track of wanting to build a caseload and to move that into private practice once they're licensed. So we're really looking for people that have that clarity of wanting to be in private practice and also having some sense of entrepreneurship. Because while we have a very independent model, which has a lot of advantages, as we spoke to earlier, one of the other aspects of it is that we don't um, we don't prescribe a lot of have-to kind of trainings that involve like you have to train in this area, you have to do this kind of marketing training or anything like that. We really look to the clinician to understand where it is that they may have gaps or they may have uh, places that they need to grow and to for them to find those trainings on their own. Because as you know, there are many associates, many people that that come into this work as second and third careers. Some people have, you know, 20 years of marketing experience. So they don't need to sit through a marketing class, you know, necessarily, right? And so um, so we don't want to prescribe and pretend to know what everyone needs, but rather trusting in as a graduate, as a student that's or a person that's gone through a graduate program, a rigorous graduate program, and has chosen this kind of a career, we're just really trusting that that you know what it is that you're going to need and you're going to be able to supplement your training in whatever way that you need to, to be able to feel into the success of being in a private practice. Yeah. Thank you for, for walking us through that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is another one of the key things that I think of when I'm thinking about CMP is back when I was a part of it, I kind of described it as an opt-in model. Like so many other options out there, like you have to go to this type of training every week and there are all of these different rules and all these different expectations. And CMP was kind of like, you need to have supervision because you're seeing clients. And sometimes that could be with you, you know, if we're a part of your group supervision, or maybe we have our own supervisor who's contracted with CMP. 
and you have to follow our rules and regulations, but you don't have to come to a bunch of trainings. You can go sign up for trainings if you would like to, and you're totally welcome to do that. And there's a process through which if you are paying for that out of pocket, you can, you know, submit those receipts to CMP for reimbursement. It's everything is above board, but it's, you get to determine what sort of trainings you want and you get to pursue them. CMP isn't going to tell you we need five extra hours out of your month to do these trainings that we think you need. Right. So for clinicians who are wanting a site where there is a lot of training, that is not CMP. That's not the style of this. Right. If clinicians are wanting a site where someone else is going to be filling their caseload for them, that's not CMP. That's right. <laughs> At CMP, you are basically... Uh, you definitely don't have your own private practice, but you are very, you're getting very, very close. Like you are in charge of your marketing. You are in charge with learning how to attract the clients you want, know how to have those intake calls effectively, onboard your clients. You get support from supervision, but all of that entrepreneurship, business building sort of stuff is up to you. And I really liked that. That really worked for me. I was fresh out of grad school. I had been training for the last three years. Yeah. I didn't want to go do a bunch more trainings. I was ready to go work. Yes. I wanted to go work and build my business and see my clients. And I really liked that I could focus on that because, yeah, I, I had the confidence to know that I could work effectively with clients. And that was what I really wanted to focus on doing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's so important you know, one of the things that I was witnessing before CMP, you know, I, I would have colleagues that say would get licensed, that they'd say they'd worked at an agency all through their associateship, and then they got licensed. And then they were like, Oh, now what, you know, they didn't, they didn't have any sense of like, they wanted to build a private practice, but they had no idea how to do it, what it would look like, starting, you know, with one client, two clients, that kind of thing, which is not sustainable for you generally to live. And it means you have to do other work and all of that. So I really wanted to give people a model of like what it starts to feel like to be in private practice so that when you get licensed, it's really not a big change. I mean, it, it does give you that extra sense of you know credibility and freedom and, and all of that, but it doesn't really look and feel that different in terms of what you've already established at a place like CMPs. Absolutely. By the time I was finished at CMP, I had already learned how to rent an office. I already knew how to get consultation and supervision. I had already gone through so much around my fee. I like that was like a constantly evolving process because I started out with a really, really low fee and had to do a lot of work to learn how to raise it. I changed my cancellation policy. Like you said that I came in with one idea and by the time I left, it was different. All of these things changed. And by the time I got to actually completing my hours, getting my license, I was pretty much ready to go. Yes. It wasn't that big of a difference. My website was already built. Like so many things were already in place. And uh, it was a really smooth transition. And I, so I think for therapists um, who in their traineeship were able to start working with clients in more of a private practice sort of setting, not exactly, but something like that. And they can take those clients with them and they're in California, mm -hmm. <laughs> then CMP would be a good option for them. Yes. Is it also a good option for people who are associates and let's say they were working at a group practice, but they, they want to leave that group practice and go to a different one because maybe that's not quite working for them, but they can take their clients with them. Would that also be a good fit? Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, if people are drawn to our model and drawn to like the independence that we offer, um, then I think, you know, we're, we're a good fit for anyone that, that fits that, that need or, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Scott, when I came into CMP back in 2016, again, it was much smaller back then. And I remember, I remember wanting to get more involved in the organization and I remember reaching out to you and I think we must have had a conversation on the phone or something like that. And I, I asked if I could get more involved and I was thinking you might say something like, yeah, you could join the party planning committee. But then you said, well, yeah, what do you think CMP needs? Like, what do you, what are you interested in doing? And I was like, what? Are you serious? And I had ideas and I just couldn't believe that you were like asking me about them. And I was like, well, I think our website could use some updating. And I know just the other person who's now at CMP who would be really good at working on this. And I think our intake system needs to be updated. And you were like, okay, (laughs) you can do that. And that blew me away. And there were other clinicians who started at the same time I did, like April Snow, who was also just a guest on the podcast, who is an absolute queen when it comes to organization and admin. Like, I don't even begin to understand how her mind functions. It's truly incredible. Absolutely. And Emily Adams, who was also a guest on this podcast, Kristen Fialco, and many others who stepped up into these admin roles at CMP. And I just felt so welcomed into that. And I'm curious about you know, obviously that was many years ago and the the structure of the business has changed and the roles have changed and how CMP advertises and all these different things have shifted. But I'm curious about, yeah, is that something that's still an option for people who are joining CMP and want to, I don't know, just like not just be a clinician there and want to step into another role? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that story. I, I, and I've actually shared it, not with your name, but just just as an example <laughs> To other people that have talked about coming to CMP, just to say that we are a very associate-driven model. And that I often say, yeah, in fact, a few years ago, we had someone come in who had some website experience and looked at our website and realized that there was a lot that it could be done to improve, which was totally true. And you came in and really gave us a lot of great help and support. And my philosophy behind that is that um, I just think there's a lot to be said for having associates be a part of the organization in a way that it doesn't feel so like top down driven and, but really like what's really needed, you know, what's really helpful to associates to uh, create the kind of community and organization that would feel best to them. And also just recognizing that, like to what I mentioned earlier, a lot of people come to us with a lot of previous experience in other areas of life and of career. And so it's like, wow, if you have experience in, in websites and marketing and administration, please help us, you know? And also I think energetically, it's really different when associates are working on that level because you're not only working as a clinician, but you're also working in a way that you sort of appreciate what it is to be a clinician, you know, so that there's not this sense of like someone coming in from running the organization that doesn't know anything about what it is to be an associate or what it is to be trying to get hours in California, which, as we said, is such a challenging kind of unique experience, you know, so the fact that you know what that's like, that you're able to, you know, just really um, feel into that as part of 
how you contribute to your organization, I think, makes a huge difference. So, so we're very much mm. still in that philosophy of, of really trying to look for associates for help. Yeah, I, I really love that. Again, I think that's one of the things that makes it so special because there were clinicians who wouldn't have been like, weren't interested in that. And they just wanted to like, get in, see their clients, be able to be a part of this model. And that was like exactly what they needed. And then there were people like me and April and Emily that were like, Ooh, like, can we, can we play with that? Can we get in there? And you're like, yeah, sure. And I just love that. I feel like there's really a place for everyone. Again, CMP isn't for everybody. If people need tons of handholding, if they really want tons of trainings, like, yeah, this isn't going to be a good fit for them. But if you're that entrepreneurial sort of self-starter therapist, this is going to be like, like a fresh air, like a cool glass of water. You're going to be like, oh my God, thanks. Thank God something like this exists. Okay. So CMP is just a California organization. I think like at one point it was even more specific than that. It was just like just San Francisco. And then it went to the Bay Area. Now my understanding is that you accept clinicians from other parts of California. Is that true? It is true. Yeah. And I mean, as we all know, with the pandemic, uh, there was quite a disbursement that just happened in lots of professions and lots of areas of life. And, and the, that was true uh, in the, with associates as well. And so um, we even have associates that are living outside of California. You, uh, as you know, we, you can't see clients that live outside of California, but clinicians can be outside of California. <laughs> Just kind of those one of those weird, quirky kind of things. But we're obviously a training center for California, like people that are actually getting their license in California. So um, it's it's really uh, really targeted for those folks. Great. So this can be for any clinician who is pursuing a licensure in California. You can either be residing in California or living outside of California, but as long as you're pursuing your license in California, uh, you could be a good fit. And it's not restricted to just MFTs, right? Like these could be people who are pursuing the LPCC or LCSW. Like it's just as long as you're trying to get your clinical license in California. That's right. Yeah. That's so great. I'm so curious to see what happens after this episode airs, if you're going to get people more people from California reaching out to you. Are you ready for more clinicians, Scott? Well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> we still have an, a really great team and uh, and I'm really excited. There's I can't really speak to it right now, but there are there is going to be some great changes and, and great evolutions that will continue to happen at CMP. So. Oh man, I'm really excited to hear about that. Yeah. I guess one other thing I want to ask you before we go is, you know, you've you've been in practice now for 30 years, you said. Mm-hmm. And things have changed for clinicians over the years. The landscape of therapy has changed over the years. How therapy is thought of in a cultural context has changed. How people look for therapists, what people, what attracts people to therapists, I think has changed. And the process of becoming licensed and just like the, what young therapists are entering into the world they're entering into. And so I'm curious with the changes that have happened what is your advice for therapists who are at this stage in their career as they're trying to get their hours as they're moving towards licensure? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting when I first started, there wasn't even the internet, you know, so um, (laughs) 
marketing was very different. Then. different. Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel like a dinosaur, but it's the truth. You know, it just, you know, nobody had email or, you know, so um, I've sort of witnessed over the years of like what it's like to be emailing clients versus like the only, when I first started, the only way you could communicate with a client was through voicemail. Uh, for example, you know, so, um, and there was no such thing as websites or anything like that. So it's really been an interesting evolution just in terms of the technology, certainly that's, that's been available to people. And that's um, been really interesting to witness and also just to, you know, make changes myself, you know, because I, I can even remember struggling to start to, um, embrace emails as a form of communication, for example. I mean, which I look back at now and I think it's kind of funny that I, I, have, you know, I love email now, but at the time it was, it was like, oh, this is this new thing I have to you know, adapt to or whatever. So there's certainly been all these technological changes. But in terms of advice, you know, what I'm aware of now, just kind of through this whole process of my career, is when I first started there was a lot of efforting on my part and a lot of struggle to like make it happen, to get this private practice going, to get clients to just, you know, there was just a lot of energy. I really was, you know, like gung ho to try and get it going and that kind of thing. And I see that in a lot of, you know, new clinicians now, and I, it's totally understandable. One of the things that I've recognized though, as I've gotten older and just been in this field longer is that, it's not really the struggle or the efforting that helps you succeed. There's a way that if you can relax into a knowing that this is what you need to do and that your future clients who are all out there waiting for you will be able to find you as long as you make yourself known in the way that feels authentic and in integrity for yourself, it's going to happen. So I really just encourage people to just rest into that knowing and to really not it's not that it's not a lot of work like there's there's work involved but it doesn't have to be a struggle and so my great hope for people is that they don't have to struggle in really creating this career which can be of so much help for so many people that's so beautiful that just feels like a balm and i think back to yeah where i was at that stage and hearing that kind of message from you, from other people in my life, of they're, they're coming, they're on their way. In fact, I remember kind of having this mantra from the movie Field of Dreams that I think came out in the 90s. If you build it, they will come. You know, there's that refrain. And I kept on thinking that it's like, yeah, if I build it, they will come. They're out there. You know, being a clinician who works with adults, it was like, actually, probably most, if not all of the clients I will ever have in my lifetime are literally alive right now. They are out in the world doing whatever they're doing. They may be experiencing the thing right now that they're going to come bring into the therapy session with me later on. They may be, you know, just whatever they're out there living their lives. And what can I do to position myself to make us meeting each other happen? What is my part in this, in this unfolding? Because there are so many aspects of it that I don't have control over. And so how can I put my attention and my energy into the places where I do have control? That's been so helpful and clarifying for me over the years when I'm feeling frustrated or discouraged or unsure. And I'm I'm like, really, like you said, efforting, trying to make it happen. And then I remember, oh, right, there's like 
a massive portion of what's going on that I literally can't influence, but there are some really key things that I can. So how do I refocus my attention on that and then really relax and let go of the rest? Absolutely. Yes. And I think that's, to me, that information comes from the stillness of the soul. Like when we take time to really be still with ourselves and in whatever way that may look, I mean, it might be a meditation practice. It might be some precious moments at a cafe, at a local coffee shop, that kind of thing, right? It doesn't have to look one way, but it's it's outside of that realm of like trying to make something happen, but just getting still and quiet with yourself. And then from that place, awareness rises in terms of like what what's next in terms of how I need to perhaps make myself more visible to others. Um, and that's really what the feeling was for me with CMP and and what I've come to feel into, and this may sound a little weird, but what it really has felt like is that the associates that have come to CMP recruited me to start it, you know, even before, of course, I met them because it wasn't in existence. We needed you, Scott. <laughs> There's a sense of like it felt like I kind of got recruited, you know, because um, it was a natural fit for me to start a center like this. I have a business background and you know, as well as a therapy background. And so it was a natural fit, but it was only when I sort of got quiet with myself and sort of realized, oh yeah, this, this actually makes sense. This is the thing that needs to happen next without a sense of like, oh, I've got to try and create something. It was more of just that unfolding process. That's actually what I um, have really come to enjoy about the whole process of creating CMP and also just even my private practice. And so I really encourage people to to just write, really try to feel into that still point of the soul, if you will, to to get that information as to as to how to let their practice unfold and, and, and develop. That's really great advice. I think we we need to be reminded. I need to be reminded of something like that every single day. Right. Yes. The answer the answer isn't out there, it's inside. And so much of the time. The answer isn't, oh, go do this thing or change your entire life. It's like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> don't make this any harder than it needs to be. Yes. Just chill, okay? Yeah. yeah, that's so much of this. There's only so much we can do to impact the world around us. And the rest of the time, we just need to like bring it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And having been a part of CMP, I, I would agree that I think we kind of, <laughs> we recruited you. We're like, we need this, Scott, please create it. And I I really can't think of um, a, a better place to have spent my time as an associate marriage and family therapist. I'm so, so grateful for all the little steps on the path that led me to CMP and just thinking about so many things in my life that led up to that moment. All the people I got to meet there, getting to work with you, getting to, especially after working in agencies where so much of the messaging, I mean, not in all of them, but in some of them was kind of like, stay down, don't be creative. And then to get to a place like this, that was like, oh, what are you interested in? Like all of these things were just so incredibly helpful. And it brings me such joy to see that CMP is continuing to grow and continuing to flourish. And it sounds like some cool things are in the works. So I can't wait to hear about what those are. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Felicia. I really, um, I so appreciate uh, just 
seeing how incredibly well you're doing and that just warms my heart incredibly because that's really what cmp is all is, is all about is really uh you know helping people just flourish and and get into the the mode of being that is just right for them and i just see how much you're doing that so it's just incredibly um gratifying to see so thank you so much thank you scott and if clinicians want to learn more about working at cmp what should they do? How can they, if they think they're a good fit, if they want to find out more, what is the process? What's the first thing they should do? Well, they can just go to our website, which is uh, mindfulcenter.org. And uh, there's a, uh, a link to just get more information. I think it's a, I think it's called like join our team or something to that effect. And um, if you click on that link and just fill out a brief little form of contact information, you'll be given, you know, just some information about, what we're looking for, how to fill out an application, all of that. So um, it's it's really a pretty simple process. Um, so yeah, just just go to mindfulcenter.org. <laughs> Great. I'll make sure that we link that in the show notes too, so it's easy for people to find. Great. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Thanks, Felicia. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.